Hello and welcome to the RBC Ross Trevor Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community, to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoyed this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. Morning, everyone. We're going to continue to praise the Lord by focusing on ways that we can um, thank him for the ways he's worked in people's lives through our enriched ministry um, and celebrate the ways that we've been using our gifts as well as a community. I have had the privilege now of being um, on team for about two months um, as the pastor of Enriched Life Ministries. And I can't tell you how proud I am every day when I engage with the people who are coming into our church and see the way that they are serving and the way that people are welcomed. And I remember when um, Beck was in the role and I was working at Baptist Care, I was calling churches because church websites aren't always great and I wanted to know what people were doing. So I'd called a bunch of churches and then I called Beck and I said, oh, is there anything that I might not know about? And I remember when she was sharing everything that we did, I said, hang on, Beck, I don't even know half of this stuff. And so we want you to know some of the things that you might not be aware of, um, the ways that our community is serving those around us. So what is Enriched Life? Enriched Life is the way that we at RBC seek to express um, the, the love of God to those around us. So it's our outward expression, seeking to enrich lives by positively impacting and benefiting our local community in Jesus' name. So we don't want to be the church on the corner that everybody knows about, but that no one knows what it does. And so this is the way that we reach out to the people who are living um, in our local vicinity. And so this is also a way, we talked about a number of um, times the last month, we've had a quote about sometimes we can have more knowledge and not enough obedience. And so this is one way that we choose to be obedient to the call of Jesus, the knowledge of how good he is to express that to people around us. And so what do we do through Enrich Life? We support people through capacity and confidence building. We support people with mental health struggles. We give vocational training. We support people through family violence recovery through our partnership with a local DV shelter. We provide food to people who are doing it tough and we all know what it's like going to the supermarket. Yesterday I spent $87 on what felt like three things. So we know that that's a very real and increasing need in our community. Uh, We provide financial support, including um, financial counselling through some very um, wonderful people in our church who will get alongside people and help them figure out how to make their budget work in this time. And we provide mentoring, friendship, and community connections. So what we do through Enrich Life is let God use us to change people's lives. So every single person that I have been encouraged by, every story that I've heard, has been just a normal person just like you. And some of you know exactly who I'm talking about. We're going to see some some of these stories coming through. But uh, we are helping people who are struggling in a variety of ways. And so Jesus had a heart for those who were marginalised, those who were doing life tough, and his heart has not changed. Our circumstances have changed in some ways, um, but really the issues are the same as they were in his day. We've got people who are struggling socially, who are feeling really left out, that they've got no one that they have in their corner, no one they can trust. Um, we've got people who are struggling financially, struggling emotionally, and struggling, of course, spiritually. 
and we work really hard through our Enriched Life Ministries to support people in a way that reflects the way that Jesus did. So he gave people a hand up. He didn't just, um, you know, when we think about the way that he supported and encouraged people, he called them to a stronger life in him. He didn't just help them for one moment and move on. And so we don't want to just help people um, in a way that makes us look like the great guys and then like the victims of their circumstances. We want to call out the best in people and give them a hand up, not just a hand out. So some of the ways that we express this are through advocacy, budget counselling, our community food pantry. So that's a wonderful way that we support people who come to the church. And we often have people coming to our reception desk and asking if we have food because people know, they might not know much about church. They might be very um, nervous about the whole Jesus thing, but they know that historically churches have helped people in need. And so they'll come and they'll ask us if we've got some food. And the person on the desk or someone on the team will take them down to our food pantry. And instead of us giving them just a hamper of stuff that we've put together, we give them the dignity of having some time in our pantry. We give them a bag and we let them take a bag of things that will serve them for the week. And so that's a really important um, ministry that we have and we always need um, donations. So you can see some boxes by the back door this way um, that you can always be putting in if you want to go shopping and add some extra tins and um, packets of food to your shop. That's very appreciated. Um, Fresh Food Friday is something very special that happens um, every fortnight on a Friday, Friday morning. And Astrid couldn't be here this morning, but she's uh, shared with me her thoughts on Fresh Food Friday, so I want to read these for you. Fresh Food Friday has been a wonderful ministry opportunity where people who have been struggling financially are able to come and receive a bag of fresh food in a safe space to join with a community and to share a meal. Our mission has always been not to just offer a handout, but a hand up. And we've been able to journey alongside many people over the years that it's been running and have had countless opportunities to pray with people, to share the hope that Jesus brings and to even connect them into other supports available. We've been blessed with food rescue from Woolworths. So across the road, the stuff that doesn't get sold, that's fresh food, we are blessed with them giving that to us to give to others. Um, And our prayer is that we'll connect with other people and local businesses who can also support the increasing need for food amongst our neighbours. She wanted to share a really beautiful story. She said one lady would come every week, take what she needed and leave. We would try very hard to engage with her, but she clearly did not want to talk to anyone and she brushed off any effort that we made. As she became more comfortable, she would stay for some food and slowly... Slowly, as we tried to engage her and welcome her, she opened up and shared some parts of her story. One day, she hesitantly allowed us to pray for a particular health need, and she said that she felt peace while we were praying. She'll come and ask for prayer now, and has on a few occasions done some baking for the volunteers to share as a thank you, and even one time cooked a meal, packaged it up for everyone to take home with them. I love this story that we were able to um, build a relationship with someone from them coming in feeling very nervous about us, being able to be kind and welcoming to them and then for them to go from someone who um, is needing our support to also be able to share their gifts. We want people to know that they have valuable um, gifts that they can share with us and so for her to make a meal and share it with everybody else who was coming to receive food and the volunteers was just beautiful. Now I'd like Kerry to come up with me. Kerry is going to share with us about um, an element of our church that you might not be aware of. 
So we have some showers and clothes washing facilities that you might never have heard of. So Kerry, can you share with us one way that our facility is being used to bless people that might surprise everyone this morning? Um, yes, um, people get uh, might not know this, but we have a shower, a washing machine and a dryer that we make available to people who need them because they are sleeping rough. And how do these people who are sleeping rough find us, Kerry? Um, we partner with the Campbelltown Council and they know they can bring people here who they discover don't have access to a shower or washing facilities. Um, people also hear through word of mouth as well. And offering to shower and wash clothes is really great. Um, but I know that our reception team, including yourself, also try to include people who come in in different ways to our community. Can you tell us what that might look like? Um, yeah, so we always try to be as welcoming um, as possible to make people feel at home. <coughs> if they are here on a Tuesday, well, we, um, we'll invite them into the Tuesday lunch. Um, we will invite them into the... Um, or on Fresh Food Friday. Um, we will make sure they know they can join in um, with the lunch and take some food. Um, and we just really try to make them feel welcome to join in whatever's going on in, at the church at the time um, when they come in and to know that they are actually really welcome. Thank you, Kerry. Thank you very much. Let's give a hand to our volunteer team who are so faithful during the week. They are the face of the church, the first people that anyone engages with. And we have a number of people during the week. I've been surprised by how many people will walk in who have never been here before. So it's wonderful. I was just so warmed by that to know that Kerry and others are making sure that people feel warmed, warmly welcomed, not just to come in for the thing that they came in for and leave. And I would imagine if I was in that position, I'd feel like scurrying away pretty quickly after I'd had a shower, but to then be included into other ways of meeting people and feeling welcome. And that's another thing that I'm uh, meant to mention about Fresh Food Friday. One thing that Astrid shared is that lots of people who have come to us just to get some fresh food have then joined our cafe ministry to volunteer. They've joined um, taking care of our garden. When we had cooking classes, they were part of it too. So all of these ways that we are serving people are beautiful conduits for them to um, find friendship and to meet Jesus. Uh, now we're going to talk about the cafe. So some beautiful pictures that you have on the front here were sent to me by the Campbelltown Council. They have every fortnight they choose to have their social lunch program here at the cafe. Um, and Rachel McCaskill from the council wanted me to let you know that this program that we host benefits a wide range of people, including those living with a disability, such as Jerry in the middle there, um, who's faithfully attended every fortnight for a year. Uh, it also supports disability carers, such as older women who are caring for their ageing husbands and need a break, and socially isolated people, so people who are eating most of their meals at home alone. Um, as well as people who move into the area and just don't have any friends. And so this is a beautiful way to see our cafe used for the um, one of the intentions that we had of it to share um, community with other people. So it's wonderful that we have people from the council wanting to come in and feeling comfortable. And so uh, I just wanted to share those pictures with you. And I also want to share another story about the way that the cafe has been used uh, to bless someone. So let me read you a letter. I am writing to say thank you to the people at the Clay Cup Cafe for all the kindness they have shown to my father, Malcolm. An example enclosed is a ticket to the opera given to Dad, but unfortunately he didn't have the opportunity to attend. Dad passed away after a day in the garden, quietly on the couch on the 30th of December, 23. 
He really struggled after losing mum in 2021. And the knowledge that he could have a coffee, a meal, a melting moment, shortbread or a chat at the clay cup was a relief to me that someone else was also looking out for him. We are not a religious family, but he felt welcome there. Thank you again for all you did for Dad and for what you continue to do for the community. And, oh, don't get me cry. <laughs> so um, it's just a beautiful picture that by us being faithful, having a different goal, our main goal was to support people in need who, have, um, who receive confidence and skills to get employment through volunteering in the cafe. Um, God has used it to bless people like Malcolm um, and even that person felt called to give to the church towards the, the cafe ministry. Um, so I want you to feel proud. I want us to say thank you, Jesus, for the way that he has used um, our small offerings to bless people who would never necessarily come into a church um, for either reason and have been blessed by being part of us. Um, we've had so many people since I started who have come to the a cafe and been so disappointed that we're closed. Um, and so it's been encouraging to see how many people just midweek would like to stroll in here and have our um, coffee and spend some time with their families here. And so I want to give you an update, an exciting update, that we are reopening the cafe. We're going to be opening on Thursday, starting with the 21st of March. And we're still always looking for someone um, to be the cafe manager for a, uh, a long-term and a more full-time role. We would love to see the cafe get back up to four days a week. Um, but we really felt, I felt, um, in speaking to someone from the council, ironically, uh, really put upon my heart that what we have is enough to start with. And rather than waiting for the perfect opportunity, um, the need is still here. People are still wanting to gather at our place. And so we are going to start on Thursdays. We're going to build it around some social um, and community things that are already happening here. We have the play group. We have the fortnightly um, lunch coming from the council. And so we're going to seek to serve our, um, our community local and within the church in this way. So I would love you to be coming on a Thursday. Come and have a melting moment. Come and have some food with us. Um, and if you have some time on a Thursday and you'd like to come as a volunteer mentor to support the experienced mentor, uh, volunteers who come from the community to learn those life skills, then we'd love your time as well. Now we're going to spend some time looking at another wonderful um, ministry of Enriched Life. I'm going to invite our coach coordinator, Michelle, to come up and share with you about coach. Thank you. Good morning. Uh, don't worry, I'm not going to give you a, um, a sermon. It's all good. Um, as the coach coordinator here at RBC, I just really wanted to um, encourage you to prayerfully consider signing up for our training that we're going to be running on March the 23rd. So it's a Saturday. It's a training from um, 9.30 to 4.30. And... Um, it's here at uh, RBC, we actually offer two uh, coach programs. We offer family coach and we offer kids coach. Um, so the training on uh, in March is actually going to be for family coach mentoring and we hope, well we do plan, to actually run a kids coach mentoring um, training in June. Now in order to become a coach mentor, you don't need any specific qualifications um, or skills 
This is a program really that anyone can engage in. Um, we refer to COACH actually as a program, but it is really very much about relationships. It's about building a relationship of trust through one-on-one -on -one mentoring for approximately one to two hours a week um, over a 12-month period. Um, and it's a wonderful opportunity to connect with and walk alongside someone in our local community who is doing life tough. So these are uh, people who really, um, Ellie has already uh, mentioned, um, that experience uh, isolation, loneliness, unemployment, relationship breakdown, poor mental health, um, and many times all of the above. So my role as the coach coordinator here is to receive referrals from uh, different places, um, as actually Ellie's already mentioned, one place that we get a lot of referrals from is from the local DV unit, so the domestic violence unit. Um, we receive referrals from a pastoral care worker at um, Women's and Children's Hospital, and more recently from uh, an organisation called the Riley Foundation. And then what I do is I receive a referral and then I seek to match one of our coach mentors, one of our trained coach mentors, with a coach participant. Now, I do this prayerfully. I take into consideration the person's needs and um, their goals and their gender, etc. And I'll do this together with uh, you, the potential coach mentor. Now, as a family coach mentor myself, I also um, mentor someone, I, I can, can't tell you um, how much of a privilege it is to be invited to journey with someone in their brokenness. Um, and it's so rewarding to see that uh, simply one to two hours a week of my time can actually make such a difference in a person's life. So becoming uh, a coach mentor is really one way that we actually fulfil Jesus' command to love your neighbour as yourself by following his example of neighbourly love. Uh, as in John 1.14 from the Message Translation puts it, the word became flesh and he moved into our neighbourhood. And I just love that uh, description. You know, Jesus met people where they were at in their brokenness. Um, and, you know, and then he moved them on. He sought to move them on from that place. And so coach mentoring is really, um, it just requires ordinary, everyday people willing to walk alongside ordinary, everyday people who are stuck in a tough place in life with the aim of seeing them flourish. Now, I will walk alongside you as you walk alongside others. Um, I'll be available to support you in any way that I can. You won't be left to do this alone. Now, currently, we actually have more referrals than we do mentors. So, if God is tugging at your heart and you think that coach mentoring might be something that God is asking you to consider... Again, may I encourage you to consider signing up for the training day in March. There'll be a sign-up sheet uh, just out in the foyer this morning that you can um, register your details. Uh, we, you can also um, register online uh, on our RBC website. And Ellie and myself will make ourselves available this morning after the service in the foyer. And we would love to chat 
further with you, answer any questions that you may have. And I think we're going to watch a video now on Coach. Hi, my name is Michelle and I have the privilege of serving here on team at RBC as the Coach Coordinator. So Coach is a community mentoring program that seeks to strengthen families or a child who are doing it tough in order to see them flourish through one-to-one -one mentoring. Here we have a story from one of our mentors who God has used to change someone's life. I joined the coach team in 2014. I was involved with uh, two ladies and both have very similar stories. They were victims of domestic violence and they were migrants that basically came here and were abandoned. The aim uh, of a mentor is to work with people with their goals. It's a matter of trying to work out what their needs are and slipping in with them. But ultimately it's to grow a relationship of trust. Both my ladies, one of their goals was to actually get their license, um, which at the time is very difficult. One was trying to get a driver's license with someone who kept failing them and I know that I chased down the driver and asked him, what is the problem? Why is she failing? What are you doing wrong? I'm working with her. And um, the next time she took the test, she passed. And I think it was just because she was vulnerable. She just needed someone to look out for her and back her up. With both my mentees, I've seen God actually work in their lives. There was a time when my mentee just shared that um, when we were sitting by the beach having dinner that she walked out on the jetty that she could see behind her and just cried out for God to help her in her uttermost despair. And then she said, and that's when you came along. With the support of um, a mentee and someone helping them out, they've really been able to flourish um, they are both uh, have jobs and they have transport, they have houses that they've both bought and um, it's just amazing to uh, see how far they've come from that very dark place. But I guess for me being part of these uh, ladies life has been some of the most life-changing privileges. It's an ongoing relationship that has blossomed and there's been a trust that has actually formed to uh, both of them just having a deep friendship and uh, a just sense of being very much part of their lives. What God has taught me in uh, my time as coach is that God's full of surprises and that some of the blessings that come are from the most unexpected quarters. You know, we think that we're putting in an effort, but God just turns around to, uh, to bless us. There's something about being very blessed about seeing someone uh, sort of step up in their life just because you've sort of been there to actually help them. If you're considering being a coach mentor, please can I encourage you to do more than just consider that, but take a little bit of action. It's a time where God will bless your mentee abundantly and you also will be blessed in a way that you can never understand.
So praise God for those stories that we've heard that are just scratching the surface of the way that God has been at work through Enriched Life Ministry. And there are lots of ways that you can support us. We always welcome volunteers. We have an endless need. So if you have any way that you want to serve, we can find a spot for you. So come and speak to myself or Michelle after the service or any time. Um, please be in prayer. We've got some, um, as you can imagine, every story um, is unique of people who are coming for a shower or for fresh food or to, uh, to be part of our cafe. And so we need to be praying that Jesus would encounter people through our ministry of Enriched Life and through us as a community. You can fundraise, you can put us on your t-shirt when you're doing a run or find some creative way of um, raising some money and you can always give towards uh, the work of Enriched Life Ministry. Uh, Let me just pray for the way that we are serving as a community together. Father God, we thank you for your call to us. We thank you that you call us um, always to reach out to those around us the way that you have reached into our lives. Lord, we read in... um, 1 John 3.16, that this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and our sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or a sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech but with actions and in truth. So Lord, would you please bless each one of us here. Uh, Help us to know how you want us to live um, your love out in action and in truth. And would you let Ross Trevor be a place that is known far and wide in our community as a place where people live the very love of Jesus with the way that they um, relate to people outside of our community as well. We trust you for this and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Why don't we just, uh, why don't we thank Ellie and Michelle and... uh And others just for the, yeah, for all that they do and for the many volunteers. And so if you are an Enriched Life volunteer in the cafe, in, uh, in coach, in other ministries, Fresh Food Fridays or whatever else, then please thank you. Thank you for serving God and serving your church and blessing our community. Well, I just want to close off and just open God's word just for a moment today uh, as we look at this uh, important idea. And I want to turn us today to uh, Matthew chapter 20. Uh, 6 verses 31, 25 verses 31 to 45, because I think here we find something that's really important piece of scripture for us as we think around this idea of our care. Because as a church, we want to be a church that cares uh, for our community. We want to be those who pursue the heart of God. That's our heart. And so let me just read Um, Just to put a little bit of quick context around this, the disciples came to Jesus and they asked, Jesus, when is your kingdom going to come? Uh, When is it going to come? What's the signs? What can we expect? And Jesus gives a few parables and then he lands on this one. And really his heart behind this parable is to simply say this, is that when the master comes, it will be good for you to be found pursuing the things close to God's heart. And uh, so that's what you can read the whole of Matthew 25 and you'll see this it's about being prepared but he says when Jesus comes again rather than wondering about with a date the time what it's going to look like it'll be good for you to be found pursuing God's heart and then he shares this 
uh, this parable. Let's have a look. He says this, When he finally arrives, blazing in beauty, and all his angels with him, the Son of Man will take his place on his glorious throne. Then all the nations will be arranged before him, and he will sort out the people, much as a shepherd sorts out sheep and goats, putting sheep to his right and goats to his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Enter! You who are blessed by my Father, take what's coming to you in this kingdom. It's been ready for you since the world's foundation. And here's why. I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was homeless and you gave me a room. I was shivering and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you stopped to visit. I was in prison and you came to me. Then those sheep are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you thirsty and give you a drink? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and come to you? Then the king will say, I'm telling you the solemn truth. Whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. Then he would turn to the goats, the ones on his left, and say, Get out, worthless goats. You're good for nothing but the fires of hell. And why? Because I was hungry and you gave me no meal. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was homeless and you gave me no bed. I was shivering and you gave me no clothes. Sick and in prison and you never visited me. Then those goats are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry or thirsty, homeless or shivering or sick or in prison and didn't help? He will answer them, I'm telling you the solemn truth. Whenever you failed to do one of these things to someone who was being overlooked or ignored, that was me. You failed to do it to me. Then those goats will be herded to their eternal doom, but the sheep to their eternal reward. A powerful and challenging parable showing us something of God's heart. And it's this, that it's important for you and I and as a church to make room and to care for those brothers and sisters here, those who are part of God's family, but broader than that, for those who are doing life tough, those who are often overlooked or ignored in our community. This is the heart of God. Caring for the most needy and vulnerable, whether in God's family or outside, is evidence of the kingdom life. Now, this isn't something that should surprise us as God's people. We see Jesus, one who continually moved towards the most vulnerable, moved towards those people who were not like him. We see him walking towards people, eating with people, providing care and doing miracles for people on the fringe of society. You see, we pursue God's heart when we pursue those being overlooked. When we draw near to God we draw, and to those who are doing life tough, sorry, we draw near to the heart of God. This is something that you and I need to know. This matters. When we draw near to those who are vulnerable and doing life tough, we draw near to the very heart of God. But here's the challenge for us, isn't it? And here's the challenge for me, and here's the challenge for you, even today, as you've heard some amazing stories of God at work in people's lives and the work of enriched life, even as you've heard the invitation to serve, here's the challenge for us. We can all go the way of the goat. 
We can all go the way of the goat. What do I mean by that? I mean that it's natural for us to care for those who are most similar to us, those who are like us. But it's not always easy to care for people who are strangers or people who are not like us. And so care and love is actually an emotional battlefield. It's an emotional battlefield. You know that and I experience that. And if we are going to be those people who care and love for our community, pursue the heart of God, we need to move through and embrace that emotional battlefield. We need to move through because some of us are afraid, some of us feel in, 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 intimidated, some of us feel inadequate. Some of us are just, if we're really honest, we are just too exhausted, too overwhelmed, too overcommitted, too overworked to care. But here's the thing for us. We need to be able to move through that emotional battlefield so that we can pursue the heart of God and care. Because when we reach out to others, it's not going to necessarily be easy, but it's something that is close to the heart of God. And it's something that we're being encouraged by Jesus to pursue and to do. And this will involve us asking God to soften our hearts and to grow and to help to deepen our capacity to care. It may also mean having hard conversations with our bosses, having hard conversations with our family, with our kids, so that we can intentionally organise our life and our schedules and our priorities around the priorities of God and around those things that pursue God's heart, so that we aren't those who are tempted to go the way of the goat. And I love this in the passage. Did you see this? This is why it matters. This is, this is what's so beautiful about it. Have a look at this. In verse 40, it says, Then the king will say, I'm telling the solemn truth, whenever you did one of these things to someone overlooked or ignored, that was me. You did it to me. This is what I love, that when we actually serve the least, we meet Jesus. Isn't that beautiful? It's in those moments that we serve as a coach mentor or serve in the cafe or at Fresh Food Friday that we meet Jesus. He says, you did it to me. You did it to me. Do you want to meet Jesus and encounter him? Then serve and care for the stranger. That is how we meet Jesus. Hebrews 13 says it a similar way. It says, we actually entertain angels when we show hospitality to strangers. Do you know that? When we do that, we actually meet Jesus. It is both convicting and beautiful to think that as we serve those doing life tough, as we show hospitality to the stranger, that we are actually serving Jesus, that we are caring for him. And so I love this. When we care for those doing life tough in some mysterious way, we encounter Jesus. We encounter Jesus. And you know, it's my experience that we encounter God in the face of the most vulnerably, in the face of the most vulnerable, more tangibly than we do sometimes in a worship service or in a life group or in a Bible study. Do you know that? It's because when we're in those moments, it's moments 
where we not only see the image of God in another person, but it's where we need to often take those moments just to, just to rely on God's Spirit to speak with us and to help us and to enable us. And it's in those moments that we meet Him. And so, church, you've heard today that enriched life is a ministry that is making a difference in people's lives in our community. It's one that pursues the heart of God. It's one that puts us in places to meet Jesus. It provides practical ways for us to express our faith in a way that makes a real difference. And so the invitation today to you is this. Let God change someone's life through you. Let God change someone's life through you. Will you be prepared to say today, I want to be part of seeing God change someone's life through me? Because God wants to do that. Each of our coach mentors have embraced their emotional battleground and they've said yes to Jesus. And it's changed their lives, as we heard from Julia. It's changed the lives of the family that they've been part of, but it's also changed their life too. One hour per week is all it takes. And so on March 23, you could be one person who says, I want to come and I want to, we'll train you, we'll coach you, we'll help you, we'll give you everything that you need so that you can let God change someone's life through you. I understand the battleground. I understand the need to overcome our fears, our schedules and our emotional challenges. But it does matter that we do. It matters as a church that we do. You see, here's the thing that I've... So before I was, became the lead pastor role here, I was the Enriched Life Coordinator. And here's the thing that I've learnt over... Do you know I've nearly been here now 12 years? It's amazing. And here's the thing that I've learnt in my role here as Enriched Life Coordinator, in my role at LifeWorld, in other areas is this, that it takes courage for any of our enriched life participants or coach families to say they need help. Do you know how much courage it takes, how much bravery it takes for someone to put up their hand and say, I need help? And why? Because we want to be seen as having it all together. We want to be seen as self-sufficient people. It can feel embarrassing and shameful to people, for people to say that we don't have it all together. And so it takes bravery for people who are doing life tough to present to us or to other organisations and say they need help. It takes courage for them to get on the phone and to call Ellie or Michelle. It takes courage for them to turn up to the shed and receive fresh food or to come in and say, I need a shower or I need my clothes washed. It takes bravery it takes courage for someone to acknowledge their need. It takes bravery for someone to walk away from an abusive relationship. It's brave for people to share stories of shameful pasts, to put out a hand for financial or practical support. It's a brave and a vulnerable step. And so here's the challenge. If it's hard for them and they do it, we too need to push through our emotional battlefield of care and love and be brave and courageous and do it too. It's not an excuse. 
Michelle mentioned this, that there are local folk in our community who are being courageous and brave and they're putting up their hand and saying, I need, I need a mentor. And do you know, our heart is to, we want to help them. We do. We so much want to provide the help. But at the moment, as Michelle said, we don't have enough people to be able to meet the needs that are around. And so I, I do hope and pray that we will be a church who would prayerfully ask and seek God. Are you calling me? How are you calling me to be brave and courageous and to let you change someone's life through me? One hour a week is all it can take for us to see the kingdom come into someone's life, to see a family impacted, to break down generational breakdown in families. That's all it takes. And here's the final thought I want to leave with us. It is simply this. If you let God change someone's life through you, the life God changes may well just be your own. Do you know at times, you know this, I don't, you don't need me to tell you this, at times our faith can feel dry. You know, one of the reasons why our faith can feel dry is because we're too safe. We're too comfortable. Sometimes we need to step out and do something that scares us a little, that makes us take on some bravery and some courage. And in those moments, that is where our faith can be energised and we can become alive again. The ministry of Enrich Life and Coach and others is a way of helping us at times to step out into something new. And as you do that, you may find that you don't only help someone else encounter the love of Jesus, but you yourself are the one that is changed in Jesus' name. Would you stand with me? And I want to come and pray for us today. And I want you to be people too who keep Enrich life and it's the ministry of enrich life and hold it up to God in prayer. It is making a difference. And please know this the way that you the way that you pray for our church, you're giving every week. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It goes towards seeing ministry like enrich life happen. And so this is it is something that Ellie said earlier. You can be proud of this. It is something that is making a difference. And so thank you for already partnering with it. Today has just been a day to try to share some more of what happens, but also to share some more of the needs that we have. And it would be wonderful if you would seek to mobilize your faith in this way and make a, and serve in a way that makes a real difference in people's lives. Let me come and pray. Jesus, I thank you that through your life, we've seen you continually move towards those who are most vulnerable and doing life tough. Lord, we want to be people in a church too who imitates you and who does that as well. Lord, we too want to be those who have a greater opportunity to be able to encounter and to meet you as we do that. 
We don't know when it is that you're coming, but Lord, we know that it would be good for us to be doing the things when you come that pursue your heart. And so we thank you for that enriched life is just that. We thank you that ministries like Coach, the, the mentoring program and the cafe, the showers that we do, Fresh Food Friday, our food pantry, are all ways that make a difference and care for people who are doing it tough. So Lord, continue to deepen our capacity to care as a community. Help us to be people who make brave decisions around our priorities so that we can be found doing the things that are close to your heart, I pray. Lord, I pray that continually through Enrich Life that more and more people will be impacted in Jesus' name. More lives will be changed in Jesus' name, we pray. Lord, I give you, we give you all the glory and all the praise. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing one final song today and, and we're going to pretty much, as we sing this, we're pretty much going to hit 11 o'clock. But if it hits 11 o'clock and you're a parent, you need to go and pick up your kids. And so if you need to leave, then please do that. But we really just want to take a moment to continue and close off today in worship and praise. So let's come and let's sing about the life and the because of who Jesus is and what he has done, that that is what we express into our community. And so let's come and sing about that story and pray that other people would experience a life-changing relationship with Jesus and know the story, the good news of Jesus. Let's sing. Thanks for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If this message has impacted you in some way, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through The Hub online at thehub.rbc.org.au or through our social media links in the show notes. See you next time.